Help Me Be Me is self-help for people who hate self-help, hosted by me, Sarah May. What I talk about on my show is my personal opinion, and it's not a substitute for professional help. Take what helps and leave the rest. Hi friends, it's Sarah May. This is an episode that was a request uh, received recently about, I mean, well, the request was about how to know if you've experienced emotional abuse and specifically from parents. Um, And I would say there's a strong likelihood we have all experienced something that would qualify as abuse at some point in our lives. And I don't think that that was what the question was really about. I think it was more about how to deal with how... um, painful it can be to you know deal with parents who have ways with ways of relating to us that hurt our feelings make us feel low make us feel bad about ourselves and how to know you know if you're overreacting or if you're crazy and how to deal with feeling like you're crazy like how to heal and move forward in a situation where you have a family member who makes you feel bad about yourself so I wanted to broaden this out to anyone in your life family or not Um, but oftentimes I think it's a sibling or parents who have the most effect or power over us in this particular area all of the stuff that really matters to you as a kid like attention from your parents or validation from your parents or sometimes it's just there will be some random marker that's only important to you and really significant to you and If our parents don't show up for us or there's something that we need from them that they don't give us, it hurts a lot. It can be devastating. And it may not look that bad on paper, but maybe it meant the world to you at that age. So all of these wounds, I think, you know, we can tend to talk ourselves out of them or think we're crazy for having hurt feelings, but a lot of that doesn't matter If you have wounds, you have wounds. And when we can acknowledge them and process them, then we can heal. It doesn't mean you are dumb or your experiences don't count. Just means we just have to allow ourselves to understand them, validate them, and move through them. But, you know, it starts with validation and just being able to say, like, this thing meant a lot to me and this really hurt and it's because of this. And then we can start to give ourselves understanding and compassion. And the goal with all of this is to let it go. So we can be lighter, not as angry, happier, closer, all of those great things. So just keep that in mind. Another caveat I just wanted to throw out there, if there's any relationship in your life where that relationship brings you down, makes you feel bad about yourself, makes you feel less than, maybe they compare you to other people. I would just ask you to reconsider whether or not you can keep this relationship in your life safely. Meaning, are you solid enough that you can maintain healthy boundaries with this person? And if that is not the case, then I would maybe reconsider the relationship entirely. And at the very least, consider taking a break from it so you can do the work necessary on yourself in order to come back to it in a safe way 
and know that you can change everything in your life, including your relationships, just by changing yourself. There is such a thing as having people like that in your life in a way that is healthy and safe for you, but it starts with you healing, doing the work on yourself, and then revisiting the relationship from a kind of more whole place, like where you can maintain a healthier set of boundaries. But your whole relationship changes for the better as a result of this work. It's amazing. And the hard part is really just for the first time confronting the pain, you know, and processing it because it's, it's scary. Like a lot of the time it'll be a lot of pain that comes up, a lot of rage that is kind of hidden from view currently. So the goal though of all of this, to be clear, and the goal of this episode is just to have a a positive change in your life you know we are if you think about your life from just a bird's eye perspective it, in its entirety you know we're moving through life a chapter at a time so this work is really and this episode is really in service of having a more predominantly positive chapter in your life related to family I guess the theme of this episode is really know thyself and know it without anybody being able to talk you out of it or convince you that that's not true and I think we all are taken back at times or undone for a moment or two but just being able to recover and really know you through and through on a consistent basis I think that's the goal I feel like you know for me there I think there are more often than not times when I'm criticized that takes me back to not knowing myself and that immediately triggers this response of I don't care I want to give up I just want to walk away cut my losses and the goal of self-work is really to create this sense of no I know me I know me no matter what you say I know I'm good I know I'm loving and I know I'm deserving of love and I'm not crazy I'm not irrational for wanting basic respect an acknowledgement in my life and I mean that's really such a pure and amazing goal to have and that translates to just a different bar in your life like a different level of consistently feeling not just getting by but I feel good I feel proud of myself and I want that for you it's it's a very amazing goal to have and I think parents and family in particular it's such a specific kind of relationship in that they have access to you you know because they know have known you for a long time or they know you in this very specific way or they have this kind of default relationship with you it's almost like they're privy to these other buttons that no one else is able to access at least with without many years of experience with you so I mean, it's tough. It's a tough thing to navigate. And I think <clears throat> one thing about sidebar, one thing I've realized as a parent is you, you're working on yourself, you're growing yourself, you are an adult, you're, you say you want to have kids, you, you want to have this career, whatever it is that's in your life that you're like, this is who I want to be. You, you get that, but you can't really put a pause on raising your children and so you're raising your children while you are also trying really hard to 
be well-rounded in all these other areas of your life. And most of the time we don't have bandwidth. I mean, unless you're very wealthy, you probably don't have bandwidth to deal with yourself. And I mean, wealth has its own other set of issues that come into your life. I'm not just saying this is a thing that only happens to people who don't have resources. I would say that people who don't have resources are also at a huge disadvantage in a lot of parenting areas. But I mean, you know, complicated parenting relationships come from all different walks of life, all different levels of wealth, all different cultural backgrounds. It's, it's, some, it's not isolated to one group. My point is a lot of parents are just people who don't know how to figure their shit out at various stages of their life and they happen to have people who are desperately relying on them for life. I would say like the early part or I guess what would you say second quarter of my life lived thus far was full of pain and sadness and the, the quarter or chapter I'm in now is full of fun and laughter and joy and so I would just you know you can think about it like chapters of your life like you're going through sets of underwear you know or pairs of jeans like this next one what's the theme gonna be like what's the style gonna be <laughs> what is what do you want um what do you want it to have in your what role do you want them to have in your life and I think we get accustomed to thinking that life will always be the same, but maybe it won't be, you know? Our parents and our siblings can take on a less primary role in our identity, and and we can just keep them in a place that we want them to be versus it completely taking over your whole mood and your sense of self, you know? But in order to do that, we need to broaden ourselves deliberately. And I think we often think, I have to do this though. I have to respond to them. I have to be nice to them. Otherwise, you know, they'll be mad at me or whatever it is, or I'll get in trouble or I'll be guilted or I'll lose this respect that I've taken so long to earn. Whatever our reasoning is, all of that, that box, those shackles are all, it's all self-imposed. And that is something that we have conditioned ourselves to feel is like this sense of I have to I have to keep things the same way I have to remain this way but you don't there is a version of this relationship that is healthier for you and works better for you so with that in this relate in this relation in this episode there are three parts the what the why and the how the tool Let's be real. I think we could all probably up our fruit and veggie game. I mean, it's really hard to get in enough fruit and vegetables into your diet, especially if you are raising two children, maybe more children than that. You have to keep going to the grocery store constantly. So one way I'm changing that this year is with Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest delivers delicious harvest bowls, flatbreads, smoothies, and more all built on organic fruits and vegetables. They deliver them right to your door and conveniently it stays fresh in your freezer. I'm a big fan of the frozen smoothies. You basically just take this frozen cup, put it in your blender, add something like milk, oat milk, blend it up, and it tastes like something you got from a very expensive restaurant. It's delicious. Daily Harvest makes it easy to feel good about what I'm doing for myself and the planet. Go to dailyharvest.com slash helpmebeme to get up to $40 off your first box. 
That's dailyharvest.com slash helpmebeme for up to $40 off your first box. dailyharvest.com slash helpmebeme. For a lot of people, the new year means rethinking how you take care of your body. Native makes it easy to switch to a personal care brand that makes all of their products with simple ingredients. Native's coconut and vanilla scented aluminum free deodorant has been a customer favorite for years, also one of my personal favorites, and now Native is on a mission to overhaul your entire hygiene routine. They create products that are made with simple ingredients like shea butter and coconut oil so you can smell great all day long. Native deodorant checks a lot of boxes. Aluminum-free, 24-hour odor protection, zero residue on skin application, and they have over 10 cents to choose from. Now is the time to treat yourself with Native. If you visit their site, you'll find not just deodorant, but body wash, bar soap, toothpaste, shampoo, conditioner, and sunscreen. Everything you need to take your self-care to the next level. This year, up your personal hygiene routine with Native. Go to nativedo.com slash helpmebeme or use promo code helpmebeme at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash helpmebeme or use promo code helpmebeme at checkout for 20% off your first order. Okay, part one, the what. A parent or sibling or a close family member who compares you to others, maybe they compare you to siblings, for example, or maybe they deliberately make you feel embarrassed or they bring up things at times to deliver, deliberately make you feel ashamed. Um, they also might be competitive with you, like try and outshine you, belittle you, or make you look dumb. They also might gaslight you, like make you feel like you're going crazy, or change what they meant, or change what they said. And I know a lot of you have parents who act like kids, who make you feel guilty, almost like that's their talent <laughs> to like use your guilt as a paintbrush. So if you feel guilty for not answering the phone or not being there for them or not playing the role of the child that they want you to, um, this might be a great source of agony in your life. Or maybe it's not about, you know, it's about you not being there to support them emotionally or you're not, you know, consistent enough in your support of them. Whatever it is in this relationship, you don't feel loved unconditionally or seen and maybe your worst and your lowest is brought about by this person and you might notice this this comes out most when you are feeling your best and most evolved like some suddenly they are able to kind of make you revert to this lower childlike version of yourself which brings me to part two the why So I think it's, this is weird to say, but for the most part, I think it is helpful to think of them as random strangers who happen to have given birth to you. So just like there are people that, I mean, everyone in the world is flawed in some way. And often, just like regular people, parents have a lot of stress, a lot of anger, and a lot of shit happening in their own lives and because you want and need something from them naturally you can become the target or release valve for a lot of pent-up emotions so often a lot of feelings are targeted you know they're targeted at you even though it's really about a spouse or a boss or um 
I mean, usually it's a desire to control by any means necessary. And that is coming from a place of feelings of powerlessness or fear. And I think a lot of times parents can't let go of that role of wanting to control. Like they feel like they should have that control over you even when you're an adult. And it'll be this attempt at controlling you and what you experience of them or how you interpret the world. And it's an instinct in them to make you resume the role of subservient or respectful or you know, underlaying for lack of a better term, and for them to continue to have power. And usually this is related to an inability to let go of that identity in themselves, you know, and so and that's because oftentimes it's like a role that they feel comfortable in, and they also feel valuable and important. And it's also how they know how to relate to you. So it comes down to this lack of confidence and comfort with self. And always remember rigidity and inflexibility translates to feelings about the self so if a person is acting this way or projecting those feelings onto you and just know that that translates into them on their life so it's kind of like an intense form of shoulding that limits their intelligence on all fronts so in short Fear, anger, low self-confidence in their own life, being a creature of habit to some extent, and desperately wanting to control you, in part out of a feeling that they have the greatest authority on your best interests or what is best for you. So when it comes to family members being small or fearful without the capacity to look inward, um, it's, it's also someone with their own issues of frustration, powerlessness, unhappiness, lack of esteem in their own life, and when they project these feelings of woundedness or low respect onto you, it's because you're like a long-standing mirror in their life, you know? It's like this one person who you've been able to control and dictate reality to, and therefore it's like if you, if you lose that, it's like somehow it, it tells you you're a different person, you know? And that goes for siblings especially. It's, it's like the closest marker to who we are in our own eyes is somebody that we have related to for many years and learned our standing next to, you know, in the world socially for the first time. So I would say in general, family of origin members are very much markers for us because they're closest to us and therefore they say something about us to us just through long-term proximity. And we kind of shape our view of ourselves based on the people we, we interact with the most frequently. So if you get lots of interactions with others outside of your family of origin, this relationship will not um, maybe take on as much importance for you, but parental bonds are, are still major figures in our lives. And when it comes to, um, you know, trying out who we are in relating to others around us, this will kind of be like an imprint it's like our caregivers and how we bounce them back to them is also a mirror for them to see who they are in life. So why your parents care so much about why, what you do with your life and it, it's partly because it, it'll contradict something in their value system or something, some way that they see themselves. So you might know all of this. You might know that your family member has all these issues. You might know exactly where those issues come from. And in many ways, all that stuff doesn't matter, you know, because that's not what this is about. It's not your problem to see and understand everything about them. Ironically, in order to heal from this type of wound or this type of 
a dysfunctional relationship, we have to stop focusing on them and their why and instead teach ourselves to stay in our own bodies and our own heads, meaning we can only ever base our decision making and our behavior on what we know, feel, witness, and experience subjectively and not base it off of what we think others think. And that's, that is how we are guided toward the correct actions, the ones that are the most empowering for us and the healthiest for us. For us. And a person must have the capacity to see you in order to behave in a way that is responsible to you. It's, so just know that it's not personal. It just is. So if a person cannot see you and why you are great, it comes down to their lack of ability, not your lack of greatness. It's sad and it's inconvenient, but don't take it personally. This is the goal for your work in therapy is to not take it personally, which is so difficult to do because it's the most, one of the most personal relationships in our entire lives. So yeah, and we're, I know it sounds weird, but we, we want to have this detached peace um, within ourselves in order to be able to have this relationship in a healthy way and not be deeply wounded and affected by it. Which brings me to part three, the how, the tools. Whether it's saving more, spending less, getting organized, or trying to be more mindful, there are a lot of worthwhile goals to set for yourself this year. And one of mine was learning a new language on Babbel. This is the language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions. The whole Babbel process is addictively fun, fast, and easy, and it teaches bite-sized language lessons for real-world use. I personally love that it immerses you in the pronunciation of words, so you're hearing them repeated back to you so many times that they can't help but sink in. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a language on the go. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to babbel.com and use promo code HELPMEBEME. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code Help me be me. Babel, language for life. I wanted to take a break to talk about Audible. I personally love Audible. I listen to Audible on a daily basis, and I found it's basically like going back to college. I mean, you learn so much in just a car ride. The Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere to audiobooks, originals, podcasts. I know I've talked about her a lot on this show, but if you want to try out any book by Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes, I think her books on Audible are phenomenal because she is such an intimate speaker and it feels like you're having a conversation with her. Audible also includes thousands of podcasts from popular favorites to exclusive new series. So visit audible.com slash help me be me or text help me be me to 500 500. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash help me be me. And new members receive 30 days of Audible for free. 
It can be hard to find the right candidates for your small business, especially nowadays. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. I personally look to LinkedIn to find out if I have any connections to somebody, if we have any work experience that overlaps. I want to know everything about their history. I want to know anybody that's recommended them. LinkedIn Jobs is the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. You can focus on people with just the right skills, just the right experience, and you can use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified individuals. And that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash me. That's linkedin.com slash me to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, before I go into the tools, I just want to say you're not crazy. This isn't in your head. And I'm really sorry because this is the kind of hurt that cuts so deep. It wounds to the core. And secondly, I want you to know that this situation can change for the better, even if that person doesn't change. And once we choose for that to be so, it really becomes something that we can target and work on in therapy. And I would say this is probably like the main reason a lot of people go to therapy. If, if you are super motivated, it can go quickly. Like I think you can do a lot of really effective work in six months. I remember just dreading that though and like not wanting to even go there. I went in and I'm like, maybe I'll come a couple of times. But like, you, I mean, it goes by fast. So if that's a barrier for entry for you, just know that like it's as motivated as you can, pay, can be, you can go through it fairly quickly and it doesn't have to be years and years and years um and I would say it's the most worthwhile work you will ever do in your life it's it's life-changing and what we do when we work on this topic in particular with a therapist is just really witness ourselves you know we like validate our feelings we integrate all of the feelings we put them into the right context and then eventually we are able to it doesn't hurt as much you know you can see your parents for what, who they are you can you can see who they are as regular people and through that process we can kind of mourn and let go of the scars of the past and then we can emotionally kind of hold ourselves through that change you know like be there for our kids selves see them feel for them and then they grow up and then we can stop living through their need for love and need for attention or need for validation. And instead, we just feel we are whole as we are, which is a, an entirely different feeling and quality of being. And it gives you a totally different perspective on your entire family. And when you meet them from this new and healed place, it's like you you just feel like you again. It's like you give this gift to yourself and it's amazing. I know I know a lot of you are already in therapy, so I'm going to get off that soapbox on that topic in particular. Past that, here are some tools for this issue. And I know a lot of you benefit immensely from help around boundaries in particular. I know that it is, it's excruciating to be around a caregiver or sibling who is deliberately cruel or judgmental towards you 
but for whoever is out there, I think boundaries are, are a really helpful place to start um, in just being able to maintain your sanity and around parents in particular. So for the person who reached out on this topic, I know you were struggling and upset about the fact that you had confronted your parents and the parent had denied all the wrongdoing and that they said they were never doing any harm, everything came from a good place. I would say that's a pretty common response. Um, often whoever this is in your life will say, no, it's not me, it's you, but in other words. So if you had had a similar situation occur for you, here's my two cents on that. I think in general for this situation, confrontations are not effective unless they are done for you, just for you only. Like it, meaning you, you just need to say your piece and that's something that you're doing in, as a part of your work is just being able to voice your beliefs aloud, but it is only done when you have let go of what they are going to say and you're not relying on a response from them being a specific thing. So when you confront them, it's unraveling their version of reality. So they will protect and justify it at all costs. It's a self-preservation measure. So when you are in that space of being angry and trying to tell them what they did wrong, they, they know and they can't acknowledge it because that would mean feeling like a horrible human being. I'm not saying that is something that should dictate anything you do around this situation at all. Just saying that for whatever it's worth in case it makes you take the pressure off yourself a little bit. I mean, I personally felt like I really need this. I need this big emotional crescendo. I need to have all of these things said. And at the end of the day, it's like, it's like the version of that person in your mind would say all those things. But the person in reality is not capable of that. And the more you can really do this for you and focus on you, the better the outcome will be, including in whatever they end up doing or not doing. It will, it will feel a lot better in this when you're doing it for you and not for this thing you really want them to say, you know? And, that, and, and also, because there is so much Kool-Aid kind of being drunk in a family, you will always feel like you are crazy unless you get outside of it and you know like unless you're off the kool-aid so that is why i strongly recommend therapy because you have to kind of unplug your brain from the system or the program quote unquote that is the family and once you get perspective and validation and grounding outside of it you can return to it in a way that allows you to protect yourself and keep yourself safe and i know for a lot of people that feels impossible or feels cruel or feels like you will be called crazy or you will get a lot of anger or you are going to lose their love. And on the other side, it could also be totally impossible due to practical reasons. Um, So if that's the case for you, I would just say like, know that this is not forever. And I think it's really important to give yourself at least some mental space um, in, in terms of like allowing yourself to distance in an emotional way while you tackle this issue. So with that, here are some tools on this topic, and I hope they are helpful. All right, the first one is called the purest intentions. One thing that's really difficult for people who are attempting to start this kind of work is 
that feeling of guilt and fear of loss. And we feel like we cannot betray a relationship's terms or we feel like we can't walk away from the love we so desperately crave. So one thing I think is helpful as you embark on this self-work is to just really own the goal and say to yourself in some shape or form, maybe that's in a journal, I have the intention of healing from this so I can have my family in my life or, you know, I want to put down this anger and move on. That is why I'm doing this work. Just really reminding yourself that this is coming from a very loving and positive place and it's loving towards all people in, involved in the situation. And I think this is a great way to just kick off this type of healing in particular. So maybe write this on a piece of paper, burn it, or write it in your journal, whatever feels the most meaningful for you. Cool. The next tool, source a guru. I know I'm already talked about therapists a lot, but I think in order to make progress on this topic in particular, we really need some new Kool-Aid. Like we need grounding. We need a bounce board. We need someone who can really orient us to reality to know that we are not crazy and we need to be able to put down the goal of finally receiving the love or finally hearing that person say what we want them to say finally getting them to show up or give us that un unconditional love and instead we make the goal of giving it to ourselves and while we are giving that to ourselves we really need some external validation and some sanity so if it's not a therapist maybe it's a friend or a shit ton of books <laughs> of somebody that has similar perspective to whatever you've been through and we just need to give ourselves enough input to outweigh the exist the the lingering kool-aid so i would say this tool is just a keep in mind you know like you're going to go through some kind of withdrawals from the family Kool-Aid as it kind of leaves your system you're going to feel a lot of inner resistance to that and a lot of it comes in the form of guilt so anything you can do to just remind yourself like I'm coming from a good place I'm on this path for a reason I'm not crazy if that's a person a book etc all right next tool pause I mean you've probably heard me talk about this tool on several episodes throughout the years but pausing is this Tara Brock's tool she's put it in a lot of her books it's a muscle to practice and this is I think it's a really good reminder for this work in particular so when you are um, in the moment when something has been said that's mean you know or triggering by a family member the goal in that moment is just to impregnate that delay in your response time so we can lengthen our reaction like our reflex to react so just pausing that's it it's simple pausing and oftentimes with a parent or sibling, the first response is kind of like an old VHF, I'll say VHS tapes like anyone has one of those, but like a DVD, let's say an old DVD goes in this DVD player and that DVD plays anger, sadness, devastation. We get younger, smaller, more reactive. But in that moment where that little DVD is going in the player, your job is just to pause. And by that, I mean, let time pass and breathe into that moment like you are teaching your brain not to act but instead to step back from the automatic and just breathe through the feeling of like I need to act I need to do something I need to cry or tell them no or whatever and just let the feeling subside and if you need help doing this I think it's really helpful to 
change your body chemistry in some way, change your temperature, or do some physical activity. It's like to help the energy move out of our bodies, you know, like ducks kind of shake. Um, so change your environment, just physically move, get out of there. And or just breathe heavily, like deep breathing, whatever you do, the name of the game here is really just studying that moment of reaction and just stretching it out as much as you possibly can. And the more you can practice this throughout the week, like outside of this situation, the better you get at self-control. So by that, I mean like pause before you take a bite of the first bite of food and your lunch and just, just be very deliberate in moments that are normally automatic. And we can actually widen our reservoir for self-control by teaching ourselves this skill and routinely practicing it. And I also want you to remember, you know, there are other factors around your personal reactivity in, in like, in meaning how little control you have around reacting. Just like, for example, the day of the week, like you have less, if you have a work week, you have less self-control on a Friday. Um, and also how much you've eaten, when you ate, how much you've slept. Um, not to mention one of the things I think is the most hilarious and relevant is how much faking it you've had to do. Like there are numerous studies around this, but like one of them is, you know, people, they tell people to misalign their emotional responses while watching an emotional movie. And then after this, they test their reservoir for motivation and it's totally depleted. So this is a thing. It's called blood, glu blood glucose, and it's why you don't want to have your court case heard on a Friday afternoon. We have a reservoir for energy for self-control, and if that is low or depleted, we are less capable of not reacting, you know, to a parent or sibling, whoever it is. So enough on that. Second to that, I just want you to remember um, there, the experiment I offered a few shows ago, which was just about getting to know your fight flight brain, like that kind of triggered, heightened defensive state, the reptile state, when you are there, and you're upset, or you're defensive, or you're saddened, that brain just be familiar with who that person is, because it's like, it's such a weird, simplified version of you. And the reality you perceive as that person is so different. It's like such so much more black and white. I've just gotten very, I've gotten to know that person in myself lately. And I'm like, wow, that person just repeats the same sentence again and again and again. And has only this very specific focus of the wound and how I'm wounded. And this is becomes so sad and like, impossible in so many ways and that person when you understand like what the sensibilities of that state are you can see it and know that your job is just to calm down and step out of that state takes like I don't know 20 minutes 15 minutes you just kind of like let yourself relax and and step away from the topic and then you can kind of start to see like reality changes colors and it becomes a much more vast palette it's kind of off topic, but I think it's helpful in situations where you're with a person who's very triggering, which brings me to the next tool, which is called my oxygen tank. I think we can think of ourselves as like, I'm a scuba driver, scuba diver. I'm, I don't have a scuba license. I don't know how to scuba dive. This is just the best metaphor I could think of because oxygen is finite in this situation. Um, and it's literally a measure that dictates how long you can stay underwater. So I, would, I want you to use this as a visualization related to this family member. 
And one thing that is super important as you spend time around them is when things are too painful and or compromising to your emotional safety, I want you to picture you are wearing an oxygen tank and when that tank runs out of air, aka you get to that place where you are overwhelmed and you're feeling compromised, it just means you have to get out of there. You need to practice self-care. And maybe that means you're just leaving the room like, ah, shit, I got to go pee. Or you're going in a closet and calling a friend or walking around the block, whatever it is. It just means like, I got to get out of this situation now. I got to help myself. I got to demonstrate to me, I'm going to be helpful and supportive no matter what. And it's just a, a thing to become aware of. Like, oh, I'm getting to that place now where I'm going to start to need to self-soothe in an unhealthy way or I'm getting in that place where I'm starting to leave my body a little bit whatever it is just like your oxygen's low it means you just got to get out of there now all right next tool get out of my head uh or my head is my property so one thing that happens with loved ones is they kind of they can get into your thoughts and kind of use what they know about you as a way to control you as a way of guilting you or may they maybe they start to ascribe intentions and motives to you that are not accurate but in that moment it often puts us in the defense when in reality your job is just to step back and remind yourself it's not my job to tell someone who i am it's not my job to defend myself to this person it's not my job to convince them of who i am I know who I am and my thoughts, feelings, motives are my property. They belong only to me. I don't need to, to utter that to anybody else ever. I, I owe nothing to this person. I've done nothing wrong. And an engagement on their level is like uh, honoring the, the action in itself. So it's like when they engage you in this way, it's like an invitation to play this game. And you don't have to accept. When you do engage on someone on their level in many ways you're telling them you validate that you think that it's valid for them to do that and if it's not coming from a good place in them it's really not worth validating so I think a really a good neutral response that is helpful is I'm sorry you're upset or I'm sorry you're having a hard time or you can just say like I care about you but I don't choose to have this conversation with you or you know, like, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not going to have this conversation with you. Basically, what you're doing is throwing their dirty hook back at them, or sorry, you're politely handing it back to them and walking away. You're just basically saying like, no, I'm not going to do this. It's, and it's totally valid for you to do exactly that. All right, the next tool is called their feelings are their feelings, and they belong to them. I think uh, for a lot of people, when we take on our, we take our family's feelings personally, and if they are kind of covered in the stink of anger or resentment or jealousy or whatever it is, it's because they are covered in that stink. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie Spirited Away uh, by Miyazaki, but there is a stink monster and this just this monster that's like oozing in slime. And you can just think of this person in the same way. So when they throw that hook your way to try and engage you, it's spiky because they are spiky and that's on them. It's not on you. And yes, it hurts, but if anything, your job is just to kind of like dodge it as much as you can and stay safe and not inform them of how spiky that thing is, you know? Because when we engage someone in a way that asks them to see our side, we are convincing ourselves that they will eventually get it and that 
if they are going to finally see, you know, and apologize and understand. It's like that, that belief is, or that hope is, is very counterproductive and it's irrational, you know, because if that were true, we, that would have worked long ago. It's like, and I think that, you know, we'd be billionaires if we knew how to do that. It's like everyone since the beginning of time has been attempting to convince other people to believe what they believe. So it's like, if you don't believe with someone on the topic of religion or whatever, it's like the same thing. The best way to convince a parent or a sibling of your side, of, of you being right, is just to live your life in that way, you know? Just have them witness you grow up and be happy and be a bigger person and that is when they are the most inclined to come around you know or oftentimes it's on their deathbed or never but either way you cannot live your life with that expectation because that would be basing your life your decisions in the hands of someone else and we always must maintain autonomy we can only base our decision making on our beliefs and what we want for ourselves we cannot give that power to another person to decide for us because then you're always going to be underfoot you're always going to be at the whim of somebody else's mood or how they're doing in their life so I just want to make it clear this is all about you on you you do not need another person's understanding or validation all you need is your own and to believe in yourself and see yourself as valid nothing more and one thing we have to do through this process of healing is mourn the loss of the thing we've wanted forever you know mourn the loss of validation the loss of unconditional love and that is like the hardest part of this work in particular it's so painful it's really really hard it takes a lot of crying and and mourning as I said but like once you do it you just become free, you grow lighter, it's like you can breathe again. And then from that place, it's like you get, in many ways, you get the relationship back. Because it's not coming from this need place anymore. It's it's voluntary. It's like, it's just a decision um, that's not coming from like, I, I desperately need this thing from you. It's just like, you re meet them anew. It's pretty nuts. And with that, Everything about them, the way they relate to you can change as well, which is awesome. All right. Next tool is a visualization. I'm calling the glass box. And this is just if you have to be around this person while you're doing this work, but it's, and it's difficult. I think just imagine that they are in a glass cube and it's like they cannot come out of that box. You are outside of the Kool-Aid. The Kool-Aid, whatever they're spewing is staying inside of this glass cube and you can see them there, you can visit them, you can respond to their questions, but nothing can come out of this box. Nothing can touch you, nothing can hurt you or injure you. And just, it's like you're there, but you're not there with them, if that makes sense. And that's just like a frame to keep around your mind to safely navigate situations that could be triggering like, you know, holidays, etc. Next tool, similar visual metaphor, Teflon just this is the way you guide your own behavior whenever you are around this person especially if you're in the thick of your work in therapy deflect 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 you are Teflon anything that they try and throw your way it's not about engaging them if they throw out a hook you're not allowing it to catch hold of anything it's all about just deflection look over there oh what was that oh my phone just rang you just don't want to get farther to the next stage of any topic 
because as soon as you engage, you're going to get lost. It's just better not to go deep. So just keep things top of, oh, look over there. Oh, oh I got to go, etc. Cool. Next tool. It's not personal. It just is. I think this is helpful, helpful just for the intensely painful guilt that occurs when you're doing work on yourself. It's not to hurt others, but oftentimes when you start to get healthier or you start to change, others can take it that way. So when you stop kind of doing the same dance with them or stop having the same responses it can feel like it's an an offensive move or a rejection in some way on their end and that they are losing their authority or they're losing their their familiar knowledge of you so a lot of the time like you'll you'll get a lot of resistance or people will get angry you know and feel like you're crazy and like your blame, you know, whatever it is, it'll, it's kind of interesting what comes up for other family members, because then they will sense you changing, and they will double down on pushing you back into the same role. So just remember, it's not personal, it just is, it's not at them. Just like it's not a bad thing to take time away from a family member, it just is, it can feel like it's a bad thing, it can feel like it's mean. It's just part of what you have to do to do this. That's it. It's just a practical step involved in doing this kind of change. Just like, you know, when you get COVID, you need to isolate yourself. It sucks. It's boring. It just is. So just let go of whatever meaning that people will ascribe to this. And just remember this transaction, this moment, this, these steps are happening just because they must. It's not selfish. It's not bad. It's just part of it. It just is. Since I had my second baby, I had a little bit of hair loss, which is super embarrassing. I wanted to do something about it, and I found Vegamore. Vegamore is a transformative, 100% vegan, and holistic approach to hair health. They leverage smart botanicals, and it's clinically proven to promote visibly thicker, fuller, longer-looking hair. Vegamore products are essentially a part of my hair care routine it makes your hair just feel thicker like I mean volume wise it's it's pretty nutty I mean if you want to google them you can look on their website and see the different comparisons before and after no exaggeration best of all Vegamore has a 90-day money-back guarantee even better 91% of customers say they saw visibly thicker hair with Vegamore in just three months of use I've been using Vegamore and I already love it. You will too. Start your journey to longer, fuller looking hair. Go to vegamore.com slash helpmebeme and use code helpmebeme to save 20% on your first order. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash helpmebeme, code helpmebeme to save 20% at vegamore.com slash helpmebeme. Did you know that cats are carnivores and they need lots of meat? I didn't know leading cat food brands are often filled with grains, filler, very little protein. That's why I recommend Cat Person to anyone who loves their cat. It's everything that your cat needs to stay happy and healthy with high quality, high protein meals. I've arranged for Cat Person to provide an exclusive offer of nearly 50% off just for my listeners. Cat Person delivers delicious, nutritious, and high quality cat food right to your door. 
Meal plans are fully customized for your cat and perfect for cats of all ages. There are 16 easy to serve wet foods and three different dry foods, so you'll be sure to find the combinations your cat will love. There are wet food options like chicken, turkey and chicken, tuna, salmon and tuna, mackerel and bream. And there are dry food options like turkey and duck and salmon and tuna. You and your cat are going to love CatPerson as much as we do. Go to catperson.com slash helpmebeme and use code helpmebeme to save nearly 50% off your starter box with free shipping. That's catperson.com slash helpmebeme, code helpmebeme to get nearly 50% off your starter box with free shipping. catperson.com slash helpmebeme, code helpmebeme. Okay, the next tool is called, where am I placing my body or person? So I think um, when it comes to parents or siblings who put you into a caregiver role or make you revert back to feeling like a child, just know that when it comes to interacting with them currently, you don't have to engage with them on this level. It really matters that you do not put yourself in a position of being violated in this way. So I just want you to think about where are you putting your, you know, where are you putting your head? Where are you putting your your physical body in this relationship? Like we get to decide how we behave, how we respond. This is always in our control. So one thing we have to learn is to give ourselves um, a sense of safety and dignity. So if they are telling us we should feel blank or we are they're telling us we're a bad person or we they're making us sit in a situation where we are demeaned in some way or embarrassed we have physical control of our body in that moment and i want you to ask yourself like is this respecting me to be here should i be present for this if not i'm going to remove myself like being very hyper aware of what your um freedoms are at any given time including if it's like a phone call is this hurting me to experience this conversation is this violating my personal feeling of safety I'm going to remove myself and like including in our response to somebody so if somebody is um, getting us all riled up they're they're pushing all the right you know the buttons to make us feel really small in that moment we get to say like I am not I do not want to be put in a place where I feel bad about what my reaction is. I'm going to step back and choose to do some soothing practices so that I do not act below my bar for myself. Like that is our personal ability at all times. We just have to remember it when we are the most compromised or the most triggered. We are always in control of how we respond to any person, even if it's like, you know, a person could be screaming in your face. It's like we still get to decide, like, I choose to act in this way versus them getting to control us. I hope that made sense. Cool. Next tool is a mantra. Super simple. I am coming from love. I am coming from love. I think it can be really painful to do this work and partly just because we feel like we're hurting somebody else. We're disappointing them. They can project a bunch of stuff onto us and oftentimes they take it personally so I think it's really helpful to just constantly remind yourself 
that this is all coming from a really positive motive. It's coming from a good place. The ultimate goal is to be able to love from a more healthy and protected place. And it's good for all people involved. It, I just think it's helpful to remember if somebody's taking you personally or your distance personally or your insights are a threat to them in some way, like this is all in service of you all having a healthier connection and ability to relate to one another, whether that means you're not going to have any interactions with them moving forward or not. It's just it'll be better if it's healthier and making you thrive in your life. And those are my tools. I wanted to thank my latest sponsors, Janine, thank you so very much, and Aileen, thank you so very much. Donations are greatly appreciated. They help this show out immensely. If you have uh, the means, you can head to yaywithme.com and click donate. If you don't have the means, totally understand. If you could share this with someone who it would help, I would appreciate that as well. And uh, in closing... I just want you to know that um, this is a very difficult situation. And a lot of the time, you know, it's parents are not intentionally inflicting pain. It's in part because they see you in this kind of, I don't know, it's permanently embedded into muscle memory of sorts. And they can't break out of that way of seeing you. So it's like if you've kind of grown up a certain person and you changed as an adult, a lot of the times your family will be repeating back the old self to you and it's partly because you just can't break out of a way of seeing you know and we I just want you to know there's a possibility to reset relationships like this as old as they are we can return to them anew and oftentimes that happens just via major milestones in life like a birth or a wedding or a death or something that you do that's that can break the, the mold of what they're expecting to see. And just I just want you to know that that is possible. So not to write off e- anybody forever. Obviously, like, keep yourself safe. So if a person's not safe for you to have in your life, like, don't have them in your life. But just know that, like, you can change your rela- relationship with a person by changing yourself. And if you can protect and respect yourself first and foremost, there is a way to have them in your life that is healthier and safer. So just start with that goal. I want to be loving to myself and others and just let the rest go. You know, the the road will be a little bit bumpy, but you will get where you need to be. And yes, a lot of pain will come up when you do this work and a lot of anger. Um, But when we have processed that stuff and we validated and witnessed ourselves, we can return to this from a place that is so different. It's like you get new eyeballs, like You can suddenly see them as an outside person and you don't take them so personally. And when we are in this place in our lives, like we we do what we need to do. We know exactly how to take care of ourselves. We can actually sense that instead of getting lost, you know. We know when we need to leave. We know what we are willing to do and not to do. And it, it becomes a natural muscle to be able to respect our own boundaries. And that's when things just get so simple. It's like, it's just a different quality of relationship. So hope that is a beacon of light in the future for you. And I send you my love and don't forget to smile.